The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find. We were four years Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from Previsible.io, and joining me today is Kavi Cardos, who is the Director of SEO at Uproar. Uproar partners with SaaS and e-commerce companies to deliver high-growth search marketing solutions. Yesterday, Kavi and I talked about making a name for yourself in SEO, and today we're continuing the conversation, and we're going to dive into what in-house SEOs want in agency partners. All right, here's my conversation with Cavi Cardos, the director of SEO at Uproar. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Gabby, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. Excellent. So when I saw this topic come through, I got a little excited about it because <laughs> I feel like there is such a discrepancy between the in-house world of SEO and the agency. And I feel like yeah, it's like you almost need to walk in the shoes of it. Like I started on the in-house side and went to the agency side, but I feel like the in-house part has always had a a soft spot for me, a feeling for like the in-house individuals. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, this can be a great episode for those on the agency side that want to have a better understanding of what the in-house teams are looking for, but also maybe to give the in-house teams, you know, line of sight is there are different ways of working with agencies and there are different types of agencies that maybe may play a little nicer (laughs) with the in-house folks. 
So maybe just uh, to start us off, what do you think some of like the biggest friction points or challenges when an agency is working with an in-house SEO team? I think the the biggest point of friction comes from people working in agencies who haven't had much experience on the in-house side. So I'm coming from the perspective like you of someone who's worked in both settings and I started on the agency side. I'm now back in agency, obviously, but for a long time there in between, I was working in-house and it was sort of enlightening for me to see, you know, as an in-house SEO who occasionally worked with external agencies, wow, they're really not answering some of the questions that we need answered in order to go back to our, you know, superiors and say what we need to, what we need to say to them to keep the needle moving. So I think a lot of times it's just a lack of, understanding about the way that in-house teams tend to work and the different structures that can exist there, the way that reporting has to be handled, you know, maybe that in-house team has a board that they have to answer to, that sort of thing that just doesn't really exist in the agency world. So I think, yeah, just a lot of it comes from not having had the experience, not knowing what that looks like on the other side. Absolutely. And kind of staying in this vein of like shedding light to the other people on the agency side of like some of these challenges. Like, I mean, you mentioned like to the board or what works involved, like how would you kind of characterize that or how would you kind of illustrate that a little bit further? To me, the, the biggest difference there and something that it's really important for agencies to understand is that when you're working in SEO, uh, especially in an agency setting, you really have SEO on the brain all the time, every day. And the in-house team that you're working with definitely doesn't. If you're working with, you know, an SEO who that's their job title and that's their main concern at the in-house organization, of course, they're kind of thinking about things the same way that you are. But if your point of contact is a digital marketing manager, for example, or even, you know, higher up like a VP of marketing or something like that, they've got a ton of concerns that don't have anything to do with SEO. And so there's a lot of friction there between, you know, this is the most important thing in the world for agency SEOs, whereas for people on the other side, they have all of these other business concerns to handle and to worry about on a daily basis. And I don't think that agency SEOs do a good enough job, uh, generally speaking, some of us do, but (laughs) generally speaking, of uh, laddering up the recommendations that we're making and ensuring that those sort of speak to overarching business goals at the in-house organization. So not just, you know, we need to improve your site traffic because that's the metric that we're after, or we need to write more content because that's what SEO is all about. But what are the goals for this organization over the next quarter or over the next year? And how can SEO help them reach those goals? That's that's really not on our minds a lot of time. You know, we're sort of doing these random acts of SEO because it feels like the right thing to do, but they're not they're not connected to anything really. Yeah. On that on that point, I feel like I've seen a fair amount of that and then I've I've tried to think about like where, you know, where does it stem from? Like what creates some of that? And in, in some cases, I think maybe as an SEO community, we've done a disservice by having some of the more traditional type of engagements with clients and having this more of a rinse and repeat method. And I get it from the agency side. It's like, yeah, you're running a business, you're looking for opportunities to scale consistencies of process and workflows helps, you know, bring on new members, scale out an agency, but then it feels like it's not fully, you know, it doesn't fully connect to the business needs. Yeah, exactly. And I think 
to like your last point, it's, I think it starts with like understanding the client's business more. And it's like, it's understanding their challenges, what they're going through, and then maybe taking elements that are repeatable, but then adding some level of nuance to allow them to actually resonate more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's just something that I I feel like I've seen time and time again. And it's, I get the challenge of it, but I think the actual value that's captured is just so much greater when that extra time is spent, especially in the beginning of an engagement to understand the business, understand the challenges and those pain points that the in like the in-house team's facing. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the engagement and throughout too, you know, because organizations' goals change and their their biggest concerns change over time too. So, you know, if during onboarding they said this quarter we're really trying to increase MQLs or something like that, and then next quarter it's something different, checking in regularly and not just assuming that you're always going for the same thing year in and year out is uh, is really important too. Maybe kind of continue it, and I feel like it it comes up common as a, as a pain point, but. I feel like SEO tech audits in general are sometimes like a bit challenging mm-hmm. <laughs> because I feel like someone from the outside is like, great, I can jump in, I can diagnose this website and find all these issues. And then they throw it over the fence to the in-house team. And I think like depending on the organization, like it's more definitely more common when you're working with an in-house team of SEOs versus you know growth or digital marketing managers. But I feel like I've seen so many times where it's like that tech audit gets lobbed over and then the SEO is like, yeah, like these maybe 75% of these were known issues. Maybe there's a few gems in there that we can latch on to. Right. But it's like that challenge of getting something from an idea or opportunity actually implemented seems like there's also a very common disconnect. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, developers not being involved in those initial conversations and not having the right people in the room during onboarding or uh, as you're delivering the audit or whatever stage. But, you know, developers are important to SEO. They are some of the, they or they should be some of our primary contacts and some of the people that we're speaking to most often, but we don't do a very good job of that. We tend to use intermediaries and we don't tend to really speak their language or understand things like their sprint cycles and what other priorities they might have that don't have anything to do with SEO. So as you said, you know, before handing over something like a tech audit, it helps a lot to know what they're aware of starting out and what their priorities are over the next quarter, the next year or whatever, so that we know, okay, we're going to avoid interfering with this huge UX redesign that they have coming up. But we want to be involved in that too. So how can we sort of uncover insights that are going to help them reach that goal and reach it with SEO in mind. You know, I think we need to do a better job of sort of slotting ourselves into existing workflows as well as existing organizational goals and that kind of thing. And from your perspective, like being on the agency side now, are you at the start of the engagement looking for those contacts, starting to build the relationship with the dev side of the business, the potential, like if they have an in-house content team, like are you looking to make those connections early on or even before an engagement starts or any other tips that you'd have for agency members? I think it's, you know, it's often pretty hard to get those people in the room before the engagement starts. But once a client or a potential client has shown interest and shown that they're dedicated to the process, that's when you can start asking for things like, can we get a dev to come to this onboarding meeting? Or, 
you know, it's so much easier with Zoom and everything now. Like, who are we able to get in contact with? Who are we able to have their input as we start this project? And for us, that's one of the ways that we weed out clients who may not be a good fit for us. And that's, you know, one of the ways that we decide, is this person going to understand our process and work with us the way that we want to work? If we talk to somebody who says, we really don't need our devs in the room or our content writers aren't really connected to this process or they're too busy or something like that, then that's sort of an early warning sign that those people are not going to be accessible to us throughout the engagement. And this might not be the most pleasant working relationship, you know? So that's kind of a, an easy way to disqualify bad matches at the, at the onset. I had such a good recommendation. And I think for like the agency side, it's a tough one to swallow, but it's like, yeah, it is. It is right to say no sometimes. Like every opportunity is not a good one. <laughs> no, definitely not. And it's the same as, you know, applying for a job kind of when the job market is tough, you don't want to say no to anything, but you're judging whether that organization is a fit for you as much as they're judging if you're a fit for them. And especially in agency leadership, asking your, you know, junior analysts and people who are just getting their start in SEO or even people who are at a bit of a higher level within your organization, asking them to work on client accounts that are going to be unpleasant and difficult is not a good way to keep your employees engaged. It's not it's not good for the business. And you can't say yes to a client who's a bad fit just because they're monthly recurring revenue coming in. <laughs> That's not always the most important thing. Absolutely. I always like to like, it's almost kind of stemming from like the tech audit, but it's like, I really like to push that it's like, yeah, instead of just sending over a list, like, the same way that you're building those relationships, you're also learning like, okay, what is the dev process? Like, are you running on sprint cycles? What are those sprint cycles? How are tickets being scoped? Like, is there opportunity to join kind of more grooming sessions? Right. And actually creating tickets for the in-house teams. And it's like, you have to balance that of like what, like every SEO on the in-house side, I feel like has a little bit of a different preference of like, how much they may want coming from them or from an external partner. And so it's like, you need that checkpoint, but even making the offer of like, Hey, we can, we can write dev tickets for you, send them to you to review first, or we can submit direct, but it's like getting ingrained into the actual process can offer so much more value because you're getting closer to the actual implementation, not just identification. Right. And the same is true for content teams, you know, in some cases, we will write content for a client. In some cases, we will write a content brief and send it over to their content team so that we're not the ones actually providing the words, but we are providing the guidelines and the recommendations for you know, what needs to be covered for competitive purposes or to fill this keyword gap or whatever. So I think that process comes much more intuitively to us, to most SEOs, when we think about content and less so when it comes to development because it's scary. <laughs> Tech SEO is scary and dealing with developers is scary. But uh, it's just as important to say, you know, we want to be an ingrained partner in your dev team the same way that we are in your content processes. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. 
Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Absolutely. Let's shift to the other side of the equation for the in-house teams that maybe have, have a bad taste of working with agencies or maybe they are working with an agency and it's not working out as well. Mm-hmm. Like what recommendations would you have to the in-house side of how either they could vet and select an agency that's going to fit better with them or maybe ways that they can improve the engagement with an existing agency. Yeah. So you sort of hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that, you know, one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest evils (laughs) in uh, SEO agency work is the standard package that offers the same five things to every single client, regardless of what their website looks like, how big it is, who their customers are, all of that. I think that if you are an in-house point of contact, you're the person making the decision or you're the person who has to take your agency recommendation to a superior or something like that, that's the first thing to look out for. That's the first red flag. Are we going to be offered link building when we don't need a link building package? Are we going to be offered, you know, um, we'll write you five blog posts a month and on-page optimize this number of URLs per month when we've got already like sort of a crackerjack content team, you know, we really don't need this external agency creating our content for us. So an agency partner that doesn't give you a unique solution that really matches your own business goals and that matches your website is a huge red flag to me. So that's the that's the best way to weed them out. And in addition to that, I think during onboarding, if you make it to that stage, listening to the questions that they're asking and, you know, are they asking you just sort of this standard list of questions going down their same doc that they read with everyone? Or are they asking really insightful questions that make it clear they have already spent some time on your website? They've uncovered a few concerns that they want to discuss with you. They're trying to get at your org structure or what kinds of things you're most concerned with. If that's not clear during an onboarding call, then they haven't spent time on your website, and they're probably not going to tailor their recommendations to you uniquely, you know? Absolutely. I feel like there's there's a part too on the in-house side of like the honest reflection of thinking about like what resources or what things have to be controlled in-house. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's pushing code live to site, maybe it's writing content or pushing content live to site. But I think like that first understanding, and it's it's totally fine too if it's someone outside, like if it's someone within SEO that you're going to have already a pretty good grasp on like where's where's the biggest gap. But I think the harder point is the people that are maybe not SEOs, but they're responsible for the channel. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to not know what needs to be done. Yeah, sure. But knowing like, okay, there's going to be some, there's going to be some dev work. 
how many dev resources can or how much time can be allocated to this? Do we have content resources? And that almost like honest review of it. And then think of, I'm sure there's varying levels of quality, but it's like make the assumption that most SEO agencies can identify the problem, but think more of what's needed to implement. Right. And you asked also about, you know, how to handle the agency moving forward. Once you feel like you've made that decision, you're you're rolling along with someone as a partner. What do they need from you? How can you make that relationship as fruitful as possible? And I think that's a really important part of it. Not just knowing that for yourself, but conveying that information to the agency too. Here are the resources that we have in-house. Here's what we're going to need a little more help with. So, you know, we don't have uh, enough content writers. We need you to help us actually build out our content library or that something like that. You know, information sharing in general, I think, is one of the biggest pieces of making sure that that relationship works out the way you're expecting it to. And uh, whether that means, yeah, letting them know what resources you have and how much help you're going to need in certain areas, or this month we've got, you know, our board report coming up. And here is what my bosses and our board are going to expect to see so that the SEO agency knows, okay, we can support them in that board meeting by supplying X, Y, and Z bits of information. An agency should already be trying to tailor their reports to, you know, what they know you're concerned with. But boards and managers and people who aren't in those meetings every month don't always know what you've been discussing and what your main concerns over the past quarter or whatever have been. So letting the agency know, okay, this month we've really got to focus on this. We've really got to do a little extra reporting around how this metric has been moving, you know, historically or something like that. If you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. So um, making it clear like what you need and and how they can best support you is is key as well. That's such a that's such a great point is the relationship with an outside agency. It is a two way street, mm-hmm. like as the customer on the in-house side. In some ways, it's your responsibility to try to set up that agency for success. And it's their responsibility to meet you on what those needs are. Right. But I think that's such a good advice where it's like, Start with what can you do to help control or help improve like the relationship. And then, yeah, if it's not (laughs) working, it's like there are other partners out there and it's like, yeah, you can't guarantee that everyone's going to be the best fit for you. For sure. Yeah. But I think like that mindset of starting of what can, what can I control? What can I do to improve this? It's humbling, but I think it's a really, really powerful like first step for this. Yeah, it is. And, you know, from the agency side, think about how frustrating it is to get dumped by a client because they didn't give you or you didn't give them what they were looking for and not ever even knowing what it was that they were looking for. So they expected something from you that they didn't ask for and therefore you weren't able to deliver. I think it's, you know, the onus is on the in-house organization to say, these are our expectations. This is what we need. And this is what's going to make us keep coming back to you month after month. If if they can't give you that information and then they're dissatisfied with the lack of results, that's kind of on them. Yeah. I think it's too, it's like anytime like this relationship starts, there is the interest on both sides for it to work out. Yeah, (laughs) you hope so. (laughs) Like as the customer, as the in-house, you wouldn't work with an agency if you didn't need and didn't want like support in some aspects. And also it's like from the agency side, at least it should be that you wouldn't start working with a client unless you really feel like you can make a positive impact. Mm -hmm. I guess you could throw out exceptions in there, but I think like 
giving the benefit of the doubt, I feel like everyone's coming with that positive intention of that working out. And then going from there is kind of that two-way street. And I think, at least from my side, the other piece that it's like I'd want to advocate for is just like any other type of business relationship. It I don't think that it should be stagnant in this. We do the exact same month over month for an indefinite period of time. Right. Like there almost has to be those touch points and those evaluations of like, how do we evolve? How do we progress? Like, how, what can we do different? What should we stop doing? But it's like, there has to be an evolution. Otherwise, eventually, it is just going to come to an end because it's no longer producing the value that it once did. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, that I, I think often spells the death of a lot of agency relationships is just kind of chugging along sort of business as usual, you know, you might be moving the needle a little bit, but nothing exciting is happening. And exciting things might be happening within the organization in house, but you're not contributing to those, you're sort of distant from those and having like a, a quarterly review process, or maybe a semi annual, and always get those confused. I think it's semi annual <laughs> review process of the uh, of the partnership or something like that is really important to make sure that you're kind of keeping up with what they're excited about and what they want to do next. And how can we help this website continue to change and grow over time? Like you said, one thing that I've found also really helps with that on the agency side is having internal reviews that involve people who aren't necessarily on the account. So if it's in, you know, if you're at a huge agency, then doing this in small groups, or if you're at a small one, then maybe the whole SEO team does this, but once a quarter or so sort of cycling through all of your client accounts, especially the ones that are kind of suffering from that business as usual rut and saying, let's put some fresh eyes on this and brainstorm, you know, as a team, what else might we be able to do here? If you can't keep adding that value, you're an external line item that's on that in-house organization's bill every every quarter, every month. That's they're not going to keep you around if if you're not, you know, moving money for them. That's that's such a good recommendation. And a I also like that too. It's like if something starts to feel stagnant, it probably is. And yeah, they're that, definitely <laughs> feeling it on the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if from the outside you feel it, they're definitely feeling it on the in-house side. Right. And yeah, sometimes like having a fresh perspective and leveraging other individuals within an organization can kind of almost help force to think of it, you know, in a new lens or a new perspective. Right. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Kavi, I greatly enjoyed this conversation. I think it's refreshing, at least from my side, to, you know, to hear from someone else that's on the agency side that, you know, sounds like also sympathizes for kind of like the in-house individuals. So it's been a pleasure. Thanks again for the conversation. Kavi Cardo is the director of SEO at Uproar for joining us. In our next conversation, which will be published tomorrow, Kavi and I are going to continue the conversation and going to discuss getting everyone involved in SEO. If you can't wait until the next episode and would like to learn more about Kavi, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in the show notes. You can also contact her on Twitter where her handle is at the rare Voss, or visit her company's website at uproar.com. 
Okay. Thanks to Tyson Stockton, our guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Tyson, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. 